Hey everybody, this is Anna. So yeah, there's definitely some things that we kind of need to get to first. I want to give a bit of a quick update. So on my last episode, I mentioned that I had been called in for an interview. Um, finally, it's been long enough. And that if I were to get the job, I would be starting the very next day, which is what the day that the podcast episode was released. So, you know, since I did bring that up in the last episode, you know, I am going to say how it went. So I got the job. I did start on Thursday. And I ended up very quite suicidal. Um, yeah, very suicidal after that. It was suicidal all night and all morning the next day, which was Friday. Um, so yeah, there were a lot of reasons. Um... Number one, the job was a lot more physically demanding than I could really do, uh, handle. Second, um, I did not feel safe coming out as trans. And so I had, you know, so I was being my old self. And I just could not handle being my old self for that long. Um, and another thing is the fact that, how do I say this? I've kind of gone through this before in a way. So back in 2019, when I was in my last big job search, um, when it lasted shorter than this one, it was only about three months then. Now it's been about what? About almost six months, almost. Um, in this job search. Anyway, in that 2019 one, um, I applied for a candy store. Uh, they contacted me really quickly. I don't remember exactly how quick, but it was pretty darn quick. Um, it, I feel like it was within a day or two. Maybe it was that day. But I went in, did the interview the very next day. And, you know, the, the entire time the manager was, like, sitting there buttering me up, you know, talking about promoting me, you know, um, just how, like, you know, how perfect I was for the job and all that stuff, you know, and hired me on the spot and, you know, Kind of, and you know, and I didn't pray about it. You know, I didn't take the time to, you know, say, hey, can I pray about it for a day? You know, um, instead I let my pride take control and say, yeah, yeah, no, I'm going to take it. Came into work the next day for my very first shift. Got super depressed afterwards and like super panicked and felt in the very core of my soul that I needed to get out of air. Well, I didn't. Went for a second shift. It got even worse. Then I quit. And so what happened here? Applied the same day. Got called in. You know, called it If I could do an interview, did the interview the very next day. Um, the guy was sitting there buttering me up, you know, talking about promoting me really quickly. Just like the um, candy store person did. And, you know, all of that stuff, you know, talked about, like, how pretty day was for the job. You know, he kept pressuring me to not take any time to pray about it. And because I was an idiot, I went along with it, despite the fact that the entire time I was replaying the candy store incident through my head. So I knew I should have taken the time to pray, but I didn't. And instead, you know, I let my pride take control of me. And I was pretty darn prideful about it. Um, I was very prideful about getting this job. And I ended up suicidal after my first shift. And I would have gone in for my second shift, but 
literally the thought of going back brought me so much despair that no, I just, I literally couldn't. So I quit immediately. So yeah, I'm back looking for a job. Having learned, had learned the exact same damn lesson two times now. And also knowing that, yeah, I'm going to have to come out during the interview, most likely. Because I'm sorry, I cannot do another damn shift as a guy. It's just not happening. Um, That was a major, major part of my, that was like probably the biggest part of my suicidality. So yeah, um, went pretty horribly, but you know, I guess I'm just gonna have to trust that God will provide one soon. You know, if I keep looking and putting myself out there, He will finally get me a job that I, you know, He actually wants me to have. So yeah, cool beans, cool beans. Um, so yeah, that that's that's what happened then. Um, and yeah, I guess um, let's kind of. Get, read a few articles. You got a few articles, mostly good news today. Um, and then we'll do our kind of air chill out section at the end. So let's dive into this. So all of our articles are from LGBTQ Nation. Oh, and actually, before we start, uh, I actually don't have the article because there's really not much to really talk about in the article <clears throat> but um i just wanted to kind of mention it um so marjorie taylor green you know the bigot who um put up a sign you know right outside of her office saying you know um there are only two genders you know trust the science you know right across the uh, the hallway from marie newman who has a trans daughter who put up a trans flag you know so Marjorie Taylor Greene decided to go on a little rampage, you know, talk about how the Equality Act was evil. And not only that, she said that trans people are destroying God's creation. And my, my here's my favorite part. Okay, so remember a few episodes ago when I talked about QAnon Betty, a.k.a. Lauren Boebert, and how she called trans people transvestites or transvestites? Um, yeah, well, and I thought that was precious, you know, and I still think it was precious, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. Um, what MTG said it is even more precious than that. I am not joking when I say that she literally said this word for word. Okay. She, this is what she actually said. She said, <laughs> the transgender coalition of gender dysphoria. <laughs> no, 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 no. You, you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, no, no, you didn't mishear that. She, 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 she went after the quote unquote transgender coalition of gender dysphoria. Okay. To, to, to any, uh, to anybody out there who runs a queer rock band, you know, um, just saying, I got the perfect song title for you. Like, if, you, if you've been looking for a good song concept and for a good song title, may, 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 I, may I present to you the Transgender Coalition of Gender Dysphoria. I, I think that's a perfect song title for a queer rock band. <laughs> yeah, just... <laughs> Just, just so dumb. Just so dumb. Just so... 
and precious all at the same time. And, and another quick little thing I'm going to comment on is how she, like, she claims that trans people are, you know, destroying God's creation, which is so beyond dumb. It, 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 it just no basis in reality for it, you know? Um, but okay. Like, you know, you know, but we're not even going to focus on that. So you claim to care about God's creation. Okay, MTG, let's put, let's put your money where your mouth is. What are you going to do about fracking and climate change, hmm? Just saying, um, fracking, climate change, um, you know, uh, the, you know, the emissions put out by factories, you know, which creates things such as smog, you know, stuff like that, um, kind of big issues, you know, that do impact God's creation, Rather negatively, I would say. Um, don't exactly see you going out there um, championing, being a champion against fracking and, you know, championing um, climate, cha you know, cl championing, um, gosh, ref climate reform, you know, climate justice and all that stuff. You know, I'm just saying, if you actually cared about God's creation, you know, probably would care a bit more about climate change and stuff like that than you do, just just saying. Um, so, just, just saying, I don't really think that you really care so much about God's creation as you blame you do. Because, um, yeah, that's a, a pretty serious threat to God's creation. So, yeah, um, I don't see any reason to harp on this anymore, and I guess let's just kind of move on. So, the first article, we got um, three articles. That's all we got, three articles. All of them are from LGBTQ Nation, and this first one is House Democrats passed first program to support LGBTQ domestic violence victims in VAWA bill. Anyway, um, so yesterday the House voted to reauthorize the Violence Against Women Act, VAWA, a bill that increases the criminal justice response to intimate partner violence and violence against women and provides funding resources for victims. Okay, sorry, I, I just remembered. It was, it was not the Equality Act that MTG was railing against that I talked about, you know, in that last thing. It was actually this bill. It was this bill she was talking about. Um, she was arguing to not reauthorize it because of this, because um, of what we're going to get to. Sorry, I, I, I completely uh, messed up there in the last um, little thing I meant, story I mentioned. Anyway, continuing on with this one. A bill that increases the criminal justice response to intimate, intimate partner violence and violence against women and provides funding resources for victims. The bill included an amendment that would create to the first grant program specifically intended to support LGBTQ victims of domestic violence, sexual assault, and stalking. The reauthorization passed 244 to 172. All of the 172 Congress members who voted against it were Republicans, of course, although 29 Republicans joined Democrats in supporting the bill. The Violence Against Women Act is about saving lives and assuring justice for survivors who have suffered in silence for too long. Representative Ayanna Presley, the Democrat from Massachusetts, said in a statement to NBC News. Presley introduced the amendment with Representative Marie Newman, Democrat from Illinois, the, you know, the one who has the trans daughter and was a great champion for the Equality Act. Hmm. <laughs> 
But until now, Congress's efforts have been over, have overlooked and hurt and hurt. Sorry, let me reread all that. Um, but until now, Congress's efforts have overlooked the hurt and harm felt by LGBTQ plus survivors, especially trans women of color. I'm proud that this year's Violence Against Women Act included my provision to create grants and services dedicated to serving the members of the LGBTQ plus community. Yeah, um, can you see why Republicans may have voted against this now? Um, the bill has culturally specific and population specific organizations, other things that the Republicans hate, and specifically organ specifically organizations whose leadership includes Black or Indigenous people, people of color, or LGBTQ plus individuals. Yeah, once again, all things Republicans despise. In a section, in a section about grants to strengthen the healthcare system's response to intimate partner violence and sexual assault. Some of the main criticisms Republicans made of dairy authorization bill is that it includes violence against transgender women. Because God forbid we actually protect trans people. Because you know we all know that trans people are subhuman scum. You know. Um, and are therefore not worthy of being protected like actual humans, you see. Yeah, just, oh my gosh. I mean, and my favorite part, you know, is these, you know, great champions of women's rights that all these Republicans have magically become recently, you know, with um, women's sports and, you know, caring about not erasing women, you know, by, you know, allowing the radical trans ide ideology from happening, you know, these just great defenders of women's rights um, voted against a bill in a uh, bill that would, you know, help bring justice to those who abuse women, you know. Um, they, you know, they, they, they clearly care about women's rights. You know, they care about it so much that just because they want to protect Democrats want to protect trans women as well, who, you know, and trans women are women. Um, they don't want to protect even cis women. Don't you, don't, don't, doesn't, don't you all just feel so protected by Republicans? <laughs> Gosh. It, it just the uh, Republicans are just so horrendous. It just it's just so despicable what we're doing. It's just so beyond despicable. Anywho, um, Rep Representative Michelle Fishbach, Republican from Minnesota, specifically cited language in the bill that it protects victims of any gender. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Apparently, you know, bringing justice to people who abuse people of any gender um, is a bad thing, you see. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and that it restricts gun rights of people who have been convicted of stalking. Because God forbid, you know, we keep guns out of the hands of people who, you know, are known criminals, you know, people who are known to do bad things and could quite possibly use the guns to do bad things, judging by her history, you know? Um, God forbid we do that, you know? Um, everybody should have guns, you see. Because that, that makes complete sense. Everybody should have them. Criminal or not. I, I, I feel so protected by the Republicans right now, obviously. Mm. 
Anywho, um, this legislation makes it clear that Democrats consider gun ownership a second-class right, said Bob, Re- Representative Bob Good, Republican for Virginia. Hmm. Interesting. So, let, let, let's talk about that for a moment. Democrats want to make um, gun ownership a second-class right. Okay. What about guns? Guns, you know, the right to own and bear guns is guaranteed in the Second Amendment to the Constitution. The Second Amendment to the Constitution. So you see, um, gun rights are not even, you know, are literally added to the Constitution. They, they, they aren't like our most basic um, rights. Like, it's not among our most basic rights in the Constitution. I know Republicans like to pretend to, and that's also because Republicans like to pretend the First Amendment was the very first article to the Constitution. All right, actually, you know what? Let me grab my Constitution. Let me walk over to my bookshelf. And let me grab my Constitution here. All right, so I got my Constitution in my hands, my little pocket Constitution. And you see, um, there's quite a bit before the First Amendment, which Republicans like to pretend is like the first um, article of the Constitution, you know. Because um, guess what? You know, rights of free speech, religion, and uh, guns and all that stuff. It's not super fundamental to the Constitution. It's straight up not. Um, if they were, they would have been in the Constitution to begin with. Not saying they're not important rights, but they're not... Super fundamental, you know? Um, all right, so let's look, you know, what was actually originally built into the Constitution here. Um, we have Section 1, you know, um, talking about, like, how government will be um, founded, you know. So, yeah, Section 2, uh, which talks about, you know, so the Section 1 was about, you know, the different um, branches of government. Section 2 is saying, you know, how the rep- House of Representatives... Um, will be chosen and, you know, includes the three-fifths compromise. And then we have here, um, where is it? Oh, yeah, it would be section two. Yes, okay. Basically, it talks about voting. We had the right to vote. Section 2. Yeah, so I had to reread Section 2 again. I only skimmed over it. But yeah, so Section 2 of the Constitution in Article 1 gives us the right to vote. Voting is a more fundamental right to the Constitution than guns. And what are Republicans doing right now? Oh, yeah, um, we're trying to ensure that we can't vote. In fact, we're actually trying to do as much as possible to strip people from being able to vote. Hmm. Interesting. So, so yeah, all you Republicans out there who claim to just be some great defenders of the Constitution, um, why do you think that people shouldn't be able to vote? Just saying, uh, that's a, even a more fundamental right than guns, I would say. You know, j- just saying. Um, anyway, mo- moving on. Um, yeah, I think that's really everything worth mentioning from that article. And let's move on to this next one, which is a very, very much good news article. And this is actually from Japan. Once again, LGBTQ Nation is reporting on this. Japanese court rule same-sex marriage ban is unconstitutional. 
A Japanese court has ruled that the country's ban on same-sex marriage um, is unconstitutional. While the ruling is being celebrated, it doesn't mean that marriages can start being performed immediately. Four other court cases are working their way through the system, and a decision by the Sapporo, or Sapporo District Court is expected to influence the outcomes. The court ruled that sexual orientation, like race, is not a matter of individual preference and therefore denying same-sex couples the same benefits as straight couples is unconstitutional. Legal benefits stemming from marriages should equally benefit both homosexuals and heterosexuals, the court wrote in the ruling, saying that prohibition violates the constitutional ban because of race, creed, sex, social status, or family origin. Yeah, I mean, it's just common sense. Why should, you know, gay couples not have the same legal rights as straight couples? Like, for both married, like, for both married couples, why would you say one marriage is, is not, is lesser than the other? Like, what's the argument? I, I don't get it. I have never heard a compelling argument other than, well, mo religion. Well, your, your religion says nothing, uh, isn't against gay marriage. <laughs> I mean, and I'm talking strictly about Christianity here. Um, you know, because let's be honest, it's really the Christians um, arguing this. And the Bible is not against gay marriage. It's not even against homosexuality at all. And, you know, once again, I, I really need to do a podcast or a video about um, clobber versus against the gay community and just why they're not clobber versus at all. Anyway, um, continuing on, the court denied the plaintiff's request for financial compensation of around $9,000. Japan is the only G7 country to still ban same-sex marriage and has laws that actively harm couples. Same-sex couples cannot inherit from partners of state and have no parental rights to children. Marriages performed abroad are not recognized by the government, causing visa issues for binational um, couples and, tor and tourists. I hope this ruling serves as a first step for Japan to change, one of the anonymous plaintiffs said after ruling was handed down. Japan's national diet would have to pass a law to formally legalize marriage equality in the country. So yeah, a very, very good story there. Um, a great first step for Japan. Um, you know, marching steadily towards um, LGBT, especially gay equality in Japan, Japanese society. So congratulations to Japan, especially the Japanese um, LGBT community. Very, very, very big win there. All right, and let's get to the final story of this segment, and we'll do our little um, chill-out segment before we... Um, go on our separate ways. So, um, Elliot Page, who came out as a trans man last December, um, he ended up on Time Magazine's front cover. The very first trans man to be on Time Magazine's cover, which is, you know, um, great for, um, trans community in general, but especially for the trans male community, especially as such positive representation. Um, Elliot has been d d pretty darn impressive in just these last few months. Uh, first off, you know, um, seems to be 
representing the trans community quite well, especially in how vocal he is about trans issues. You know, he has been doing a great job at um, exposing, you know, trans issues to the mainstream, you know, saying, hey, this is what's going on and doing it in a way that's beneficial for the trans community. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he is re- he so far has been amazing representation for the trans community, especially the trans male community, which is so often overlooked. I mean, trans men are often quite invisible, like because like the society just wants to focus on trans women, really, for the most part, because, you know. Ooh, you're born male, you know, um, and so we, you know, obviously you're a predator or, you know, sexually confused or something, you know, you, you want to erase women and all that stuff, you know, trans women fall into the transphobic narrative generally a bit better than trans men do, but don't, we're not going to pretend that trans men aren't used to push a transphobic narrative either, you know, for, they are, for, for used quite a bit, especially, you know, that stupid ass rapid onset gender dysphoria stuff, you know, or, you know, Ariel Scorsella's, um, where are my, li- where are the lesbians going? I'm sorry, that, that was way too high pitched for her. Where are the lesbians going? Where are my lesbians? Yeah, you know, the, for just confused lesbians um, talking point, it's so, so, so dumb, you know, like, no, it's not lesbians being recruited into the trans armies. It's not happening, Ariel Scarcella and t- other TERFs. <laughs> anyway, so, um, Elliot it was in Time Magazine, and here's the article from LGBTQ Nation about it. Academy Award would nominated actor Elliot Page just did his first long-form interview since he announced he is transgender last year. And he explains how he came to understand his gender identity despite working in the film industry since he was a kid. And how the pandemic gave him the space to finally live his truth. I felt like a boy, the star of Juno and the Umbrella Academy told Time, recalling when he was allowed to cut his hair short once when he was nine years old. I wanted to be a boy. I would ask my mom if I could be someday. He landed his first TV film role when he was 10 years old, playing a girl. He had to wear a wig and he grew out his hair. And at that point, his appearance um, was no longer a decision he had full control over, since he was a professional actor, landing roles in indie films in his teens, having to present as feminine for red carpets and other media events, and then acting in major Hollywood movies. I just never recognized myself, Paige said. For a long time, I could not even look at a photo of myself. Oof. Feel, I, I, I feel that one. I... I I definitely feel that one. Anyway, um, moving on. Um, in his late 20s, he came out as gay, something he thought was impossible for a long time. There are pervasive stereotypes about masculinity and femininity that define how we're all supposed to act, dress, and speak, Paige explained. And they serve no one. Amen and amen. Um, he felt more comfortable wearing suits and men's clothing in public, but the discomfort in my body didn't go away. Then the pandemic happened. He isolated with his wife, Emma Portner, and had time to explore gender. He said he had learned about transgender stars about Lake Laverne Cox and read P. Carl's memoir, Becoming a Man. I had a lot of time to think on my own to th- really focus in on a little, 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 little,
All right, let me um, let me try that again. I had a lot of time on my own to really focus on things that I think, in so many ways, unconsciously, I was avoiding. He said, I was finally able to embrace being transgender and letting myself fully become who I am. In December, he publicly came out as trans, making him one of the most famous transgender people in the country. While he was anticipating a lot of support and love and a massive amount of hatred and transphobia, he said, he didn't expect the response to be quite so massive to be the subject of scrutiny on right-wing podcasts. Oh my gosh, just had Ben Shapiro um, playing in my head right now. You know, his little segment on it. Um, anyway, um, and also have Hollywood directors reaching out to him for roles. He announced his tra- transition just as a massive tra- anti-transgender campaign began in U.S. state legislators. He's speaking out against the way he called the horrific wave of legislation. My privilege has allowed me to have resources to get through and to be where I am today. And of course, I am going to use that privilege and platform to help in the ways I can, he said. So yeah, um, once again, congrats to Elliot Page. And, you know, for coming out and being able to be you for once. And also being the very first trans man to be on time, um... Just a, a, a definitely a big step forward for trans male representation, especially positive for trans male um, representation in the media. Anyway, um, we're going to take a quick break, hear from our sponsor, and then we'll be right back. All right, so we are back. So I have finally done it. I have tried out Pokemon. So at the library, it's just down the road for me. Um, they had Pokemon Shield just sitting there. Um, I decided to give it out, you know, take it out, give it a try. Um, you know, because I've, I've never played Pokemon before. And honestly, I had no interest in spending actual money on it. Because once again, you know, as I've talked about before, I've heard that the old games are just generally outdated mechanics and the new games are just generally lazy from everything I've heard. So I didn't want to spend any money. But hey, it's sitting at the library. I decided to take it out and give it a try. So yeah, I've I've been playing through it, um, and doing it for almost six hours now, about six hours in, and my initial, um, impressions are, number one, it is fun, number two, oh my god, this is too easy. (laughs) I mean, this game, (sighs) okay, let, let me put it this way, I suck at gaming. I am just, just just horrid at gaming, okay? I am probably the only adult gamer who actually struggles with Yoshi's Crafted World, okay? Yoshi's Crafted World I struggle at, okay? I am not a good gamer at all, despite having played games like ever since I can remember, okay? I suck at gaming. It's not made for babies. I suck at it. <laughs> okay, and, okay, so for, and Crackdown 3. I'm actually pretty darn good at Crackdown 3 and Unreal Tournament. Um, those ones I'm good at, but, um, other than that, um, and this game is too easy. <laughs> okay, this game, I swear, was made for babies. I mean, I know it's not because it requires too much reading, and there's, like, too many, like, little systems in there that babies can't, but, like, I swear, the easy, the ease of be, of going through the battles and leveling up, like, and all that stuff, like, It's it's for babies. I mean, it's baby's first RPG. 
That's literally what this is. It's just too damn easy. Like, I don't necessarily mind because, like, I suck at games, so it's nice to actually feel like I'm good at something for once, you know? Um, and plus, it's just kind of calming and relaxing to just kind of, like, mindlessly go through a lot of these things. So how damn easy it is, but... Yeah, you know, it's so f it, it it is definitely fun, but I'm yeah, I mean I I would never pay full price for this. I'm not I'm sorry, I'm not paying 60 bucks for a baby game. I'm not paying that for that. No. It, maybe 30 bucks. And I know it's never going to be that cheap, so yeah, I'm probably never buying it, but you know. Um it's been fun to try and I'm going to keep playing until um my time of fit is up and then return it, you know, but I'm not gonna lie, you know, it's actually pretty darn fun, but yeah, you know, I'm not gonna lie, it's not motivating me to try out any of the other games, just like, or at least, you know, maybe I would buy them if I could find them cheap enough, like, you know, like, really darn cheap, just because, like, yeah, I'm not paying much for, for a baby game, so, yeah, and so, yeah, I finally did try Pokemon, um, and decently fun, um, another thing that I definitely need to start doing, um, now that I got the stimmy check, um, so I actually don't have any summer or spring clothes, really, so, like, when I started shopping for women's clothing, I really only got, like, fall and winter stuff, but now, like, spring is, like, upon us, you know, and I really have nothing for spring and summer, so, yeah, and I honestly have really no idea about, like, spring and summer styles, really, you know, um, and I kind of got to figure out, like, what my look for that is going to be, so, yeah, you know, I was going to actually go out today and do shopping, because it was, like, 50% off days at Franciscan Center and Goodwill, but, like, I showed up to Goodwill just as it was opening, and it was, like, so darn packed, and it's just, like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing this, like, I, I, I have no idea what the hell I'm really looking for, you know, and I don't know, like, you know, or anything like that, so it's, like, when it's really busy, you know, when stores are really busy, I kind of feel like, you know, like, feel pressure to kind of get in and out, you know? Like, it just doesn't feel, like, I, I, I do not feel right just taking my time. Like, I feel pressure to kind of, you know, rush in there, you know, grab immediately and get out. Like, especially, you know, during COVID, you know, that makes it even worse. And so it's just like, yeah, no, I, I want to spend my time because I don't really know what I'm looking for, you know. I have no idea what my style is going to be, you know, like what the different types of like summer and spring clothing really are, you know. It's like I want to spend my time. And so, yeah, I am gonna, I'm going to go out soon um, and try to figure out, you know, um, what I like, you know, what kind of clothing, what kind of style or whatever, you know, for spring and summer I want because like. Yeah, it, it just never really crossed my mind to really pay attention to women's spring and summer clothing. Because, like, I was just so focused on fall and winter. So, yeah, there was that. And was there anything else before the good news segment? Um, let me see here. No, I think that's just about everything. Um, so we have, you know, um, as I said, you know, I wanted to start um, ending our um, every episode with a good news story, um, you know, because there's, believe it or not, is a lot of good things happening out in the world, um, despite, you know, just how much bad news is always spread, including on here. And so we have this article from Good News Network. 
uh, titled World's First 3D Printed School Poised to be Built in Madagascar for Half, of, for half the Price of Traditional. So yeah, let's um, jump into the story. A 15-year-old Chinese immigrant adopted as a baby by the founder of MapQuest is using her adult-sized ambition to use 3D printing to help more kids get an education in Madagascar. Maggie Grout's nonprofit is called Thinking Huts, and they are fundraising to break ground on a series of modular honeycomb-shaped schools powered by solar panels, which would be the world's first 3D-printed schoolhouses. Hundreds of millions of children don't have schools to attend around the world, and Grout feels one of the best ways to solve the problem is by bringing down the, the blah, 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 is by bringing down the construction costs of schoolhouses. The initial pilot thinking height in Madagascar is expected to cost $20,000. And in a recent interview at the Smithsonian, Grout details how, as well as being half the cost of traditional construction models, 3D printed buildings become cheaper when the project is scaled. In other words, the first house may cost $20,000, but the more houses that are built, the cheaper they become. Despite the pandemic, construction on the first hut is expected to begin in the summer on the university campus of, I am going to butcher this so bad, Ecole de Management et de Innovation Technologique, Technologique, uh, what, oh my gosh, in the city of Fianarantsoa. Nailed it. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, home to about 200,000 people on the south end of the island. The 3D printer itself at 6.5 feet is being provided by Thinking Hut's partner Hyperion Robotics, a Finnish 3D printing company that builds a hodgepodge of different elements such as building columns, patio furniture, and even artificial coral reefs. We will use locally sourced materials, remaining conscious of our blah, remaining conscious of our environmental impact, and implement more additive manufacturing processes as the technology advances, adapting to each community's environment. Reads our plan for HUT version 1.0. Initial plans call for solar power, internet access, desks, chairs, and tables. The HUT will have a secure door and operating windows. Um, other features include pockets of space on the outside of the walls that can either be used for vertical farming or artificial rock climbing walls for the kids. The exterior will be decorated with traditional Malagasy um, textile patterns and local materials as, such as corrugated tin or wood carved by artisans. Their honeycomb shape allows the new huts to be added onto existing ones if the need for expansion arises. Thinking Huts to architect Amir Mortazavi of the San Francisco studio, the same name, wants to maintain local aesthetic appeal, desiring a building that blends into its environment, more important than ever, considering the sterile gray of color of the 3D printing material. Deforestation is a major issue in Madagascar, which holds a biodiverse ecosystem with many 
endemic species known only to the island. Morta, sorry, Zavi told Architectural Digest. We will be making a renaissance trip there shortly to find the most sustainable supplier for our furniture supply in the near future when it's possible and safe to travel there. For completing several schools with travel, electrical and plumbing, and school supplies, Grouse Charity, a 501c3, has already raised 125000 Not bad for a 15-year-old. So yeah, um, this is, it's good to hear, you know, um, expanding education, especially in areas that are, let's be honest, very undereducated, especially because right. there's just not really any schools that they can go to. But also that the fact that they found a way to make schooling building make um schooling buildings affordable because that is a definitely a, one of the biggest barriers to it. And so yeah, this is a pretty darn exciting world that we're entering into, you know. Um, especially with three D printing, it just, it constantly amazes me the things that um three D printers can do. Anyway, uh, that's really everything for this episode. So, you know, uh, share this podcast, you know, if you're on YouTube, like, subscribe, comment, um, and, you know, go down in the description wherever you are, you know, uh, support this podcast on, um, Patreon and you can get episodes early, um, every episode early and cash out Venmo and PayPal, go ahead and you can email me. The email is in the description box. And, you know, also feel free to send me a voice message that will be played here on the podcast. Um, and, yeah, that's everything. Uh, have a great day, everyone. Peace.